If you have your Bible today, turn with me, please, from the book of uh, John, the gospel of John, chapter number 15, John, chapter 15. I'll read one verse here and then bring the message this morning. That God's laid on my heart. I am so thankful uh, for Mr. Crocker saying a while ago that about his faith in his house of God, what Sir Bissell said, what Chris and several others said, when our, our friends from EMS said about the importance of our relationship with the Lord. And how God has blessed America. And if America remains great, it's going to be God who does that. And I cannot imagine having a memorial service where you would not want God to be a part of it. Can you? I just can't understand that. And least of all, having a memorial service where you don't recognize the firemen and those who gave their lives uh, in in 9-11. And so, but at any rate, we're honored today that you're here. And we want to honor you. Glad that you're here. In John chapter number 15 i call your attention to verse number 13. It says this, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Will you bow with me for prayer? Father, I ask now the Holy Spirit of God would touch me. Thank you, our Father, for all of our friends and guests, for all the faithful members here of Benson Grove Baptist Church. God, for your blessings on this place. Thank you for souls that have been saved, lives that have been changed. Thank you, our Father, for these dedicated servants from every area, uh, our Father, who've come today. We are honored that they are here. And God, we want to honor them. And Father, we want to thank you for what you've done for us. And Father, I pray now that God, the Holy Spirit, would speak to hearts. Lord, all is vain, lest the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. And Lord, please, I know these people who serve in their particular job would not want to lose a patient or individual. Our Father, I know they're willing to do everything they can to save a life. And our Father, you said that you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And God, I would pray this morning that not a man or woman or boy or girl in this building or in the sound of my voice through the means of radio or internet would perish. I pray, God, they would be saved and live forever. And I pray, God, now that you'd bless this time together and we'll thank you and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We're excited about having our our guests here today. Uh, Some couple of years ago now, I had left out. Uh, Something happened on a Sunday morning. I think I had to go to a hospital or something before church. And as I I left to run to the hospital, as I was going down one of our, our county roads, I passed one of our sheriff's deputies and I waved at him. And I was Sheriff, I was trying to do the best I could on the way to the hospital. And, uh, but uh, I didn't see any light, so I must have been doing all right. But I waved at him, and I thought uh, about his service. I hadn't gone very far. To, I crossed over 40, and going down Interstate 40, I saw a rescue EMS. I'm not sure if it's 5210 or who it was. But on a Sunday morning early, they were on their way to save a life or to help somebody. As I arrived at the hospital, there were emergency personnel there in the emergency room, and and I watched these people as they worked. And I realized, as I I saw these individuals, that there's no price that could be paid for what they do. I want to say to you, in this passage of Scripture, it talks about a friend giving their life for a friend. Here in this passage of Scripture, once again, I reiterate it, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. And I I realized that every time one of our highway patrolmen, one of our sheriff, our our county sheriffs approach a vehicle as they're on the highway, they endanger their life. I was listening to a fireman uh, from New York City talk on yesterday. And he said, the thing is that every morning when we leave home, we don't know if that's the last time we see our wife again. 
if it's the last time we'll get to hold our child again. They give their life for that. And those who've given their life not only recognize that they've given their life possibly in death, but they have given their life in service. And I want to say to you this morning, to all of you who are here, I want to thank you that that morning something got a hold of my heart. And I realized that while many of you in this building and a good many of you who are listening, who are, and we have people who are in, in all types of public service who listen to me on Sunday morning while they're working. I realize that many of you may not know Christ. You may not be saved. But I believe just as sure as I'm standing here that God has his hand on you. I'm just as sure as I'm standing here that God has put it in your heart. We do not pay our, our deputies or our sheriff or anybody in our county in that capacity. We don't pay them enough money to do what they do. We do not pay EMS and those in particular, all of our volunteers who are here. There, there's no amount of money that could be paid. And for our military personnel, for Chris and, and Mike back here, and there's no way we could ever pay them enough money for what they do. But do you know what? For them, money is not the issue. And I want to say thank you that there's a call on your life, whether you know it or not. That time you decided you wanted to be in law enforcement, that time you wanted to be in, uh, work with EMS or in emergency services or in the military or wherever it is that you're serving now in law enforcement. There was something in your heart that had that way, had put that in your heart. The prophet in the Old Testament said, I am as a polished shaft of an arrow. And that arrow that some of you guys have started doing bow hunting already, that arrow's been prepared. Now they've got graphite and all the other things. But in those days, the, the arrow had to be prepared. Some days ago, I was up in Raleigh and they, they were having a Native American celebration. And I watched that Indian up there as he would, would take that piece of reed and heat it and then bend it a little bit and heat it. And then you scrape off all the ribs of it. And, and it was a long process getting that shaft just as straight as it could be. And then the fleshings, the airs that he put on there, the meticulous way he turned them. And so it would take flight. It would begin to twist and go straight as an arrow. And the prophet said, you have prepared me. And may I say to you, our friends who are here today, that whether you know it or not, God prepared you for the life's work you're in now. God has prepared you in your, uh, throughout the time of your life. He's brought you to that place. He's a good God. The Bible says that God raises up kings and he puts down kings. He says in the New Testament that he gave some apostles, some preachers, some uh, uh, teachers. He gave those. He put it in their heart to do that. I did not choose to be a pastor, did not choose to be a preacher. There's a call of God on my life. And I want to remind you, those of you who are serving in public service, that whether you know him or not, God has prepared you for that. And God had you equipped for that. He gave you the type of temperament, nature, and the type of abilities you have. God has prepared you for that. Why is that? Because you know what David said? David said, I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. He said, when I was in the secret part, when he was in his mother's womb, before he ever had any members, before he had any fingers, anything else, he said, you knew me. You knew me. And I want you to know that God knows you. God's prepared you. God's worked in your life. And he's given you those abilities. And, and many of you would recognize the fact that it's a God-given ability that he's given me. And God's put it in my heart because everybody couldn't do that. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I know that I couldn't do that. I know that I, 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 the type of things that you do. And I'm glad that God's put it in your heart to do that. God's prepared you for that. And I want to say this morning, I want to thank you 
for listening to the call of God in your life and giving your life. Not, not that all of you will have to give that ultimate sacrifice of dying, but you have, in fact, given your life. You've given your life. And in that respect, I want to say I want to thank you for your commitment. Thank you for your commitment. Because when we saw these EMS representatives standing up here, and we saw the firemen standing up here and our, our, our military and our law enforcement officers. They didn't just decide that they were going to do that. I believe there's a call of God on their life. But even with that call, there had to be a commitment. I want to say thank you for the years of training that you've put in. For the hours of study that most people don't realize. And for all that you've gone through and the continual training that you're doing. The commitment of preparation. I want to thank you for that. Thank you for your commitment to train and prepare and, and to where you can help people who cannot help themselves. And for those who don't know how to help themselves and you have that ability, I thank you for doing that. I appreciate all of those of you who have given that commitment. And then I want to say not only do I want to thank you for your call, obeying the call of God in your life and putting that desire in your heart to do that. And for your commitment to train and get the education, the preparation of physical stamina that you have to have even and the physical training aspects of your job. And especially for all of those of you who are involved in the, the representatives that were here today. Thank you for your commitment to do that. But I want to say thank you for your compassion. The Bible said, greater love hath no man than this, that laid down his life for his friend. And Sheriff Bissell said it a while ago. He has to do to enforce the law. And there are people who are lawbreakers, but that he truly did love the people of this county. And I believe that. I believe the EMS representatives here that stood before you, they have in their heart a compassionate heart. And you have a compassionate heart. I want to thank you for responding in that way. Thank you for your compassion. And all of those, and as Drexel said a while ago, from the state level all the way down, I do believe that there are public servants who have a heart and God's put that heart in them to serve and to do. I tell you, I appreciate so much what you do. We don't say it enough. We don't express it enough. But I appreciate in this aspect a friend giving his life for his friend. Back in John chapter 10, the Lord gives a passage of scripture where he compares himself to the shepherd and us to sheep. And he said, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And so while you as a friend give your life for a friend, the shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Gives his life for the sheep. And what does that mean? In that regard, for me and you who are Christians, and I want to challenge you, if you're in any kind of community service and you don't know the Lord, you need to be saved. Why? Because the Bible said, great is he that's in me, that's he's in the world. And Paul made this statement, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And with all God-given ability he's given you, with all the training you've been through, and all the discipline you've been through, what an advantage you would have to know that God was with you everywhere you went. To every, every fire you responded to, to every EMS uh, uh, emergency you responded to, to every law enforcement encounter you had, to know that you were not by yourself, that you had a constant partner with you. And the Bible says the, the shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And so in that respect, what he did when you got saved and when you get saved, he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In fact, the apostle Paul writes in one of the epistles and he said when he was brought before the courts in Rome for the accusations against him, he said, no man stood with me. 
There'll be a time when your closest partner cannot be there, when your family cannot be there, when nobody else can be there. But Paul made this statement. He said, nevertheless, the Lord stood with me. And I want to tell you, my dear friend, that wherever you are in the darkest night, in the greatest tragedy you ever encounter, whether it's terrorism or where it's crime or whether it's a, a, a tragic wreck on the highway, there's somebody who will ride with you every night. There's somebody who will stay with you every night. And his name is Jesus. He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And through him, you can do all things and you need him. The shepherd gave his life for the sheep. No greater love hath any man that laid out his life for his friends. But I want to remind you there is a greater love. There's no greater love for man. But there is a greater love. The greatest love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoso believed in him should not perish. I want to read that to you in another way in the book of Romans in chapter number five. There is that idea of a friend giving his life for a friend. There's the idea of a shepherd giving his life for the sheep. But there's a greater love. And here it is in the book of Romans chapter number five. And listen to what it says in Romans chapter five. And I begin reading with verse number six. For when we were yet without Christ, without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God committed his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. No man, man can have a greater love than to die for his friends, to die for his neighbors. But God had a greater love. Because God died for his enemies. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible said we were without strength and Christ died for the ungodly. Quite often I have people say to me, Brother Bill, I'd get saved, but I've got to quit doing something, start doing something. You didn't have to do that for him to die for you. He died for you, saw every sin, saw your whole life, saw everything about you. He knew all your sin. Matter of fact, the Bible says in 1 Peter that God put all of our sins on him on that cross. Amen. And he died for every one of your sins. He paid that sin debt. Here's the greatest love of all. It's not that a friend would lay down his life for his friend or the shepherd give his life to the sheep. But it's that Jesus Christ would die for sinners. Amen. That he would die for you and he'd die for me. The Bible said that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We don't measure up. Sin means missing the mark. Quite often I illustrate it with these chandeliers in this building. I don't know how many links I've never bothered to count. Some people in here, they could tell you exactly how many links in there, how many bulbs in here, because when I'm preaching, that's what they're doing, just counting. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't tell you how many links are in those chains, but I can tell you how many of them would have to break for what fall, just one. The Bible said all of his sin and come short of the glory of God. You say, well, Brother Bill, I'm not an adulterer. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a dopehead. But the Bible said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We don't measure up. And the Bible said if you offend the law in one point, you're guilty of all. And so we're all guilty of all the law. But Christ knew that. And he's not willing that any should perish. So he bore all of our sins in his own body on the tree. And he died and he gave his life. Scarcely for a righteous man would one die. Peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. There's some folks that you die for our first responders that are here. They, they have it in their heart. They would give their life for total strangers. I remember several years ago, a preacher friend of mine in Greensboro, Dr. Billy Canoa, he and his wife, his son rather, had a horrible wreck in Greensboro. 
They, they hit another car, another car hit them or something. They rolled down an embankment. Their car exploded into flame. Dr. Kanoa was thrown out of the car. And when he got, when he came conscious enough to realize what was going on, he said already, just no telling, he don't know how they got there, where they came from, but first responders were already there. Highway patrol was there. EMS was there. And he said that car was ablaze. And he said his, those men went into that burning inferno and pulled his boy out. And he said it, it just got a hold of his heart. He said they didn't know my boy. They didn't know anything about him. They didn't know if he was black or white. Didn't know who he, where he came from, if he was rich or poor. Didn't know what kind of educate. It didn't matter. It was just that he was in peril. And they had, a, they had it in their heart to rescue him. And he, he challenged us as Christians. That it makes no difference who they are, red or yellow, black or white. Whatever, you don't have to worry about any of that. They all need to be rescued because all have sinned. But in this passage of Scripture, it says, scarcely for a righteous man would one die. Some people that you know you'd die for, your husband, your wife, and you may not be in the type of line of work that most of our, our heroes are today that are here. But you would die for some people, no doubt. And said, peradventure for a good man, somebody even there. There are some people that you just consider to be good people that you'd be willing to die for. But he goes on and says this, but God committed, that means God showed his love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. We were his enemies. You think about it. Most of you who are here and say there was a, you're saved, there's a time that you cared nothing about the Bible, cared nothing about the Lord, anything, but he loved you anyway. There's a time when you trample underfoot the prayers of your mother, your grandmother, and all of your friends, and yet God loved you anyway, and he gave his son to die for you. The Lord Jesus Christ died to save sinners. The greatest love is that Jesus Christ died to save sinners. I, I, I have a message. Many of you may have heard the message on the birds are still singing, but I'm reminded just now of that story that somebody had me to read years ago, and, and it is about the ten cow bride. And this man has traveled to some island somewhere and it's still the custom to pay a dowry for your, for your bride. And as he was visiting the island, he began to hear people use this phrase, ten cow, ten cow, and they would just laugh and laugh. And they said, he said, what's, what's that all about? They said, ten cow, go ask him, ten cow. And so he went down into the village and he found the house that they pointed out. And when he knocked on the door, a lady came to the door. She's not an especially beautiful lady just pleasant and she invited him graciously in and he said I, I'm a foreigner and the man said I know why you're here ten cow he said all the village men laugh ten cow ten cow and he told this story he said in our island it's been tradition for years that when we pay a dowry to get our bride we pay in cows he said the most beautiful the most intelligent the hardest working woman ever in our island five cows. Her husband gave five cows for her. And he said, when I fell in love with my wife and I wanted to marry her, I talked with her mom and daddy. Her daddy said, four cows. Her mother said, three cows. The men in the community said, two cows, two cows. He said, but I paid 10 cows for her because I did not pay for her what her daddy thought she was worth nor what her mother thought she was worth, nor what the men of the village thought she was worth. I paid what I thought she was worth. Ten cow. Can I say something to you? The world may not think you're worth anything, but God in heaven thinks you're worth something. 
because he gave his only begotten son to die for you. He suffered and bled and died so you could have life. You say, Brother Billy, what does that mean? It means that he paid your sin debt. And it says this, the wages of sin is death. He paid that payment, that wage. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You'll never experience the joy of sins forgiven or home in heaven unless you accept that free gift. It's freely offered. The debt's been paid. But you must accept Christ. He that hath the Son hath life. He said in John that as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. A gift must be received if it's going to be experienced, if it's going to be enjoyed. And he offers to you this morning eternal life through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said you have to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. But whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Any person in the sound of my voice can be saved by calling on the name of the Lord. Would you bow your heads in prayer? With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. I want to say once again, I want to thank all of our friends in the radio audience and the internet audience for being part of our services. Thank you for all our visitors and guests who are here and especially for our heroes who are here today who serve in law enforcement, EMS, emergency services, and military, those who serve in our medical facilities here, those who serve in any kind of way as public servants. We honor you today. You are our heroes. Please forgive us if we've not said it beforehand. If we've not let you know how much we appreciate what you do. We love you. And Benson Grove Baptist Church will have you and does have you in our prayers constantly. We are very proud of you. Does something in our heart, just like when we see the flag, when we see these emergency vehicles on the road, when we see our highway patrolman every time I see a highway patrolman, I ask God's blessing. I pray for you. I pray for our sheriffs when I see your cars and see you around in different places. I know the peril you live in. I know it's not easy, but I want to assure you that this church, this preacher prays for you and loves you. And as much as we care for you and as much as we love you, no one ever loved you like Jesus. No one ever cared as much as the precious Lord Jesus Christ. He suffered and bled and died for you. And if you do not know him today, what a joyous day it would be if today you would receive him. 